welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale, Natalie Azure, true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two normal girls who obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. Mm, and here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following Crime Chat contains adult content and descriptions of potentially violent scenarios today, so your listener discretion is advised. You've been warned, and before we get into today's Crime Chat, cat, what have you done? I finally started the Fall of House of Usher. <laughs> Yes! We've got two episodes left. It is so good. Isn't it? It's so good. And I love all of the like little cameo references to Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. Very creative. Very creative. Yeah, it's very good. So I haven't, we haven't got the finale yet. Okay. This mysterious woman. So we, we finished episode six. So we just have seven and eight left. So what else have you done? Let's see. Um, I did watch a movie on Netflix. It's based on a marathon swimmer. She... Her name is Diane Nied, 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 and she was the woman, she was 64 years old and made the very first swim from Cuba to Key West. Right. It's like 102 miles or something like that. But she she tried it five times, and the first time she tried it, she was in her 30s. So like 30 years later, she actually was able to do it, but there was a big like she didn't constantly swim in that whole 30 years it was like kind of hitting that I'm 60 now I'm retiring I'm right. you know what am I going to do with my life or what have I done with my life mm. and so she went back to her marathon record-breaking days in swimming and said that she was going to do it she had several failed attempts right. got attacked by man of war some Caribbean reef sharks tried to get her is this the movie with Jodie Foster and um yeah what's the other one Annette Benning. Annette Benning, okay. I saw it pop up on Netflix and I was like, oh, you know, and I watched the trailer. I was like, it looks pretty good. Chris wasn't home, so I was like, I, I had a, a minute to myself, so I was like, let me, let me put something on. <laughs> what about you? What's going on? I haven't really watched any movies. I honestly, I've been moving, so like I've been, I did injure my ankle again. <laughs> sitting down off my feet editing videos and stuff like that this next coming week which is fine other than that working and yeah. stuff like that well to set you up for your story today you asked me to write an intro on alter egos yes <laughs> <laughs> well first off an ego is our sense of identification mm -hmm. with our lives how we how we see ourselves we have certain baselines of experiences that we remember from our life which kind of help accumulate this holistic picture that leads to our self-image that was an ego but while an alter ego is an extension of that self-image and can be formed either consciously or subconsciously, an alter ego in Latin literally means second I, okay. like a second me. This can be thought of as an alternate self or a second self. It can also be like a professional's mm -hmm. trusted aide or a close friend or like a twin. Somebody's very close to somebody else. Like, like you finish each other's sandwiches, you know, from... <laughs> Frozen, yeah. We finished each other's sandwiches. <laughs> Alter egos are often referred to as a hidden side of oneself. The altered states of the ego may themselves be referred to as alterations, which I guess is where the alter comes in to play for alter ego. Oftentimes it can be used as a role where an actor takes over a persona or in fictional literature. For example, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. In this book, Dr. Jekyll is a good-hearted, honorable man 
But after taking a potion, his alter ego, Mr. Hyde, then takes over his personality and becomes Mm. diabolical and loathsome. An existence of another self is fully recognized, was fully recognized in the 18th century when Anton Mesmer and his followers used hypnosis to separate the alter ego from oneself. And these experiments showed that a patterned behavior was distinct from the personality of the person while awake compared to being a personality while the person was under hypnosis. Like, they were different personalities. So another personality or or character was developed in this altered state of consciousness while being hypnotized, but they were like two in one in the same body. Sigmund Freud also hopped on the alter ego wagon when he demonstrated a dual consciousness to support his thesis about Mm -hmm. unconsciousness. So he considered the roots of the phenomenon to be a narcissistic stage of early childhood, saying, quote, we may most aptly describe them as cases of a splitting in the mental activities into two groups and say that the same consciousness turns to one or the other of these two groups alternately. So basically, when somebody's put under this hypnosis and narcissistic from a childhood perspective kind of comes out and it can go like one way or the other. Oh. It's kind of what he's saying. An alter ego is something that a lot of us already implement. I don't know if you knew that. Intentionally or not. So we may have an alter ego that sometimes people mm-hmm. intentionally use it. But basically you're targeting your mind for those people right. who try to do it intentionally. And some people can actually benefit from having an alter ego. Phrases mm-hmm. like fake it till you make it or face it to become it. It's like an integrating the alter ego into our nervous system. If we're trying to become a better person, you're kind of right. reprogramming your brain to do to not be that person anymore. Like when you go on a first date. Yeah. So sometimes these are also used for self-improvement and use conscious awareness to kind of reprogram mm-hmm. the brain. So if you're looking to be more creative, you can create an alter ego that envisions you as the most creative person mm-hmm. in the universe. And then the goal would be to then mm-hmm. act like that person and be that more creative person. Some famous musicians adopt alter egos, but use it in a way to indicate a new creative direction or a deep dive into their emotions. The psychology essentially of an alter ego comes down to engaging the narrative seeking mind. Like it's a self-reflection. Like what what else is in there? What else Mm. am I capable of? So have you ever heard of Quora? Q-U-O-R-A? It's like a, it's kind of yes. like a Reddit. Yes. So I, f- I found a blog that was really interesting, written by Terry Torino, a psychology major, and she said this. It's a little long, so bear with me. Everyone in the world has done something that they're ashamed of, and rather than put energy into what motivated them to do it, they would all rather just put it behind them. They usually don't repeat that behavior knowing the consequences of feeling the shame and how it makes them, that person feel. One exception to this is someone with an antisocial personality disorder. They will repeat the behavior because they lack empathy, guilt, Mm -hmm. and shame. So therefore, they have not learned the reason for their bad behavior. And this is referred to as the unconscious alter ego. This can also be referred to as a split personality. For example, Mm -hmm. Norman Bates from Psycho or the TV series Bates Motel, right? Norman Bates had a subconscious alter ego when he is himself. He'll find dead victims who he thinks his mother killed and he goes to great lengths to cover up the body so she won't get caught. Norman Bates is a psychopath who has a split personality that he's not aware of. The normal person in general has a conscious alter ego that they can choose to switch to themselves. And that's where we're saying like if you wanted to be a different person or be a better person, that's the conscious Mm -hmm. alter ego. 
And that alter ego of choice usually depends on their environment that they're in at the time. And usually they don't understand what it is, but they do understand who they want to become in order to blend in to fit the scene. So if you're in a certain environment, sometimes people change their personalities to fit in. And that would also be considered an alter ego. So in addition to this, here's some other examples from pop culture. Superman Mm. and Clark Kent. Yeah. Batman and Bruce Wayne. Hannah Montana and Miley Stewart. Yes. (laughs) In Beavis and Butthead, Cornholio is Beavis' alter ego. (laughs) I am am the great Cornholio. David Bowie and Ziggy Stardust. Beyonce and Sasha Fierce. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker. And then Eminem and Slim Shady. Oh, that's right. So so those are just some kind of examples of like in pop culture where alter egos exist, whether they are intent, you know, a conscious or unconscious or intentional or unintentional alter egos. That's That's so interesting. I think that we all have a version of ourselves that we may put out at times. Mm -hmm. I think if it's just like sometimes people just like read the room. Yeah. And or if you're going to like, you know, typically if I don't go anywhere, I'm in sweats Mm -hmm. but if i know we're going in a couple weeks uh, my husband's company is having a big christmas party it's a little bit fancier so i'm gonna have to you know dress up a little bit mind my p's and q's behave myself and not be my normal obnoxious first self not talk about murder (laughs) not talk about murder you ever meet somebody who can pick up a dialect or an accent real quick yeah i kind of can yeah could do that yeah well, like when we talk to our friend Dana, I, t- I pick up on it. Right. But I also used to live there. So, but when I lived there, it was really easy for me to pick up an English accent. Really? Because I've been to so many different countries, mm-hmm. so many different accents and like you said, dialects and stuff. I'm, a- I'm able to kind of pick it up a little easy. <laughs> like in the South, if I'm talking to somebody who's real country, yeah. I have a tendency to have a little bit more twang. Right. Talking to you sometimes, my New York comes <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the We're talking best. about the Bronx. Those are the best times when New Jersey comes out. <laughs> Thank you for doing that intro. The alter ego has a big part in the story that I'm going to tell you today. I'm not sure if you heard about the story. Basically, it's the dark side of YouTube. Okay. It's a creator's descent into madness. What ca- what makes this case truly disturbing is that he vlogged his entire experience and his entire oh. plan. And vlogging, it's almost like a life journal that you're putting out on YouTube, mm-hmm. bringing your fans along for the ride. And you know, you could do it daily, you could do it weekly, but it kind of paints mm-hmm. a story about your travels and your journey. He had a personal account, but he also had multiple other accounts, his alter ego accounts. Oh. Motive behind this crime is so flipping crazy. And it's probably the cra- one of the craziest things I've ever heard because he vlogged. I have so much okay. audio that I'm yeah. going to edit into this episode. The story about what he's about to do because it's okay. so creepy knowing what he did. Ooh. I believe American Horror Story season one is based on this character. If you remember that creepy song that I just sent you, if you play it on your phone, mm-hmm. you can hear the creepy song. It looks like Evan Peters. That's the actor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So take a good look at like just his, his attire, uh-huh. the way he painted his face, the music in the background, all okay. that. The song is Twisted Nerve by Bernard Herman. It's got a creepy feeling to yes. it. Yes. 
It does. Our story today is going to be about Randy Stare. Have you ever heard of him? No. You may have heard of him from his alter ego, which was Andrew Blaze. Not ringing a bell, but maybe when you get into the story, I'm not, yeah, I'm not too sure. Once I started researching the story, I'm like, how the fuck did I miss this? But that usually happens with me. I'm like, oh my God, how the fuck did I miss this? And then (laughs) I do a deep dive. So Randy Stare, he was born on September 17th, 1992 in Pennsylvania. He lived home with his mother and father and little brother, Jeremy. Randy did not have a lot of friends growing up they were kids that tried to reach out to him but basically he kept to himself a lot so he didn't build any relationships all through elementary school all through middle school and the beginning of high school he never had any interest in like a girlfriend Mm -hmm. he felt a lot of pressure coming from his family because at that point his younger brother had a girlfriend and his parents did ask him like hey you know randy are you interested in men? Yeah. Like, like what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. And Randy's like, no, I don't want friends. I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want anything like that. Randy did really well in school. And although Randy didn't like to hang out with many people, he did have a couple of friends at school. Okay. But they were never really super close to him. So they were more acquaintances. Right. When he was in eighth grade, they had a school trip to go skiing. This is where he saw other students like recording them doing tricks on the mountain mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then he noticed that they were uploading it onto YouTube. And he really liked that idea. And in 2008, he started his first YouTube channel, which was called Pioneer Productions. His videos were mostly like him recording himself reacting to video games, almost like the, what do they call that, Discord? Oh, yeah, Discord, yeah. This also led into him spending a little too much time in his room on his computer away from everybody. Mm -hmm. Like that's the only thing he was doing at this point is that, you know, he would get up, go eat something, go on his computer, go eat lunch, go on his computer. He he wasn't leaving the house. Okay. Randy said that TV became his escape and also a friend of his. Randy stated he wanted people to like him and he wanted friends and he wanted to be able to talk to people, but it kind of stopped there because when there was any effort that he needed to put in in order to build a connection with a person or in-person relationships, Mm -hmm. it just stopped right there. All he ever wanted to do was get attention and build friendships on his YouTube channel. That's it. Okay. You know, it's like, it's not really, YouTube's not a job or anything like that, but it really is like I have two different jobs in my life and having to balance each one. The one I care about most is YouTube, but it's not a job. And that's literally all my time goes into the YouTube channel. I just can't deal with everything anymore. Initially, the the uploads, his videos and the uploads he was creating were silly videos of him pretending he would have like this skit with his stuffed animals from his room. So he had like this little stuffed whale and then he had a little stuffed lion and then his skit was them talking to one another and like this banter between them. (laughs) And it was funny. Yeah. He did have like a small little following of people that enjoyed his content And then his younger brother, Jeremy, saw the content and he started to laugh at him and pick pick on him. Of course he did. This must have hurt because this is his older brother. So this must have hurt his feelings. But Randy was like, you know what? I don't care if you get me. He still created his videos and it inspired him to be more creative. And and it was kind of his way of getting out of his shell. Now... Back in the day with YouTube, the only way to get, and this is back in like 2008. Yeah. The only way to get monetized is if YouTube noticed you. 
and the only way YouTube noticed you is if you had followers. Right. At that point, the only way to get followers is if people with large accounts were also sharing your content mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was like almost like a word of mouth. Mm-hmm. A popular YouTuber, Ray William Johnson, posted a clip of him playing with his toys. And from that point on, Randy got like a bunch of followers, like okay. hundreds of thousands of people. So somebody else on YouTube who probably had a good number of followers posted something of Randy's and then therefore uh-huh. Randy got more followers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At this point, YouTube did notice Randy and did invite him to potentially start earning from his content. So I guess at this point, they said, you know, you need to get a certain amount of subscriptions. Mm -hmm. You need to get a certain amount of views Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And you're on the list to get monetized. For Randy, this was a huge boost for for his ego. Because he really wanted to be a YouTuber. And being a YouTuber is a lot of freaking work. Like, it's a (laughs) lot of work. I mean, we we do sneak peeks. We do this. We do that. And we have another channel that we do videos on. And one fully edited 10-minute video can take you days of editing. Sure. I don't think people realize that it really is a lot of work. A work of love. I commend people who do this. Now, with all his videos, he did have, like, some loyal followers that really liked his content, but nothing compared to what he was envisioning, which was, like, Mr. Beast level. Like, that's always, like, their aspiration. Yeah. He also started vlogging his life experiences on his channel, addressing things like his sexuality, and also confessing that he felt very confused and lost at this time. When he got into the 11th grade, his attitude began to change. He seemed a little bitter about life, and he also started recording his feelings about how he felt now about the world and school and his parents. Mm -hmm. I think at this point, he wasn't as confident as he was when he was getting all those hits. His videos started to look more like a venting session Mm -hmm. instead of being funny. Mm -hmm. Once I started having lousy grades and applying for jobs, and it just, I hated him, didn't even want to look at him. And then all he seemed to care about was like me getting a full-time job and making money and then trying to move out of the house and start my own life and all this which i knew i never i was never going to do prime example of people i hate in this world prime example of someone who could be nice and happy and easy going and joking one day to you better straighten out your life the next i thought i could be bipolar too but good lord i hate my profession i want to quit find another job that's what you tell me to do you hated your job for years what'd you do you took it out on your family way to go That's definitely the answer to all your problems, isn't it? Hear that? That's me clapping and applauding from the heavens above. When's the last time you ever said you were proud of me? When's the last time you ever said I love you? I'll tell you one thing. Back in elementary school, middle school, I used to worry about Dad dying the most out of anyone in this house because I loved him back then. Once high school took off and college and all that, I I found it impossible to love him anymore. It reminds me of um, the one crime and cosmetics that we did last year. Samantha? Yeah, Samantha Wolford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me a lot like that because she was first talking about, you know, being a wife and being a mom and hacks and certain things. And then it turns into her complaining about her husband. And That's right. Yeah. So in one of his videos, he stated that his relationship with his father also started to take a turn. Mm-hmm. He didn't like to get lectured about his future, colleges, jobs, stuff mm-hmm. like that. He was almost like an adult kid at this point. I mean, I don't know anybody who likes to be lectured about what your future is going to be. <laughs> I didn't know. I joined the military. That's what, And they paid me to find what I wanted to do. So... <laughs> 
Right. But the difference between our childhood and this, if we got lectured, we had to kind of sit there in our own space. That's true. Today, kids have the entire world to vent to. It's just so different. That's true. It seems during the story, his parents may have been ignoring him. That did bother him. Maybe because they, they understood him. They knew who he was. This becomes a huge bone of contention for him in his videos. He was criticizing his parents and teachers for not responding to him. I must have wrote like four or five stories where the character got killed at the end. And I actually turned these in as assignments and I never got like any like weird looks from the teacher or anything. She was a nice teacher and everything. Really great. Yeah, the teacher never like felt concerned or anything. I, I just remember not getting any feedback in terms of that. So I don't know what she was thinking, but... He was annoyed that nobody was concerned about him or questioning him. So I'm getting Columbine vibes. You picked okay. up on that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. But he knew his behavior was mm-hmm. dark. And I think people around him thought that he was also the type of kid that was always attention seeking. So they felt that, you know what, if we didn't acknowledge the behavior, it'd just yeah. go away. But it didn't go away. Yeah. So at this point, we know that he was showing these piping red hot flags that nobody was acknowledging Mm -hmm. he actually wanted to drop out of high school at this time but he was pushed to finish high school Mm -hmm. which was good on his parents sure randy also had this crazy superstition about the number 13 okay i'm gonna give this a try the word is triskaidekaphobia am i saying that correctly cat triskaidekaphobia 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 yeah this is the fear of the number 13. And we have covered this before when you did you did a story about this, Friday the 13th or something. We covered this. We did cover this like two years ago. Okay. Season two, maybe season one. Can't remember what it was, but yeah, we did cover it. Okay. The term is derived from the Greek word trisk, meaning three, mm-hmm. chi, meaning and, and dika, meaning 10. Usually the superstition surrounds the number 13 leading to belief and practices mm-hmm. aimed at avoiding the perceived bad luck and misfortune that is associated with this number. Mm-hmm. Are you superstitious about 13? No, but like the 13th floor of a hotel or the 13th row of an airplane, like right. an airline, yeah. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Randy felt that it was an evil number and it brought all kinds of bad stuff. He said that in 2013, all of his superstitions came true. In a video, he listed like a number of terrible things that happened. And I love how like, I can see that Randy is a little bit of an egomaniac and he's a little bit of a drama queen. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why his parents kind of like put that to rest. Like, oh, he's being dramatic again. Okay, you know. In January of 2013, he got word that a boy named Tom died. Mm -hmm. He knew of this kid. Mm -hmm. He wasn't friends with him. But somehow this triggered him Mm -hmm. and his morbid obsession with death and thinking that it's all Mm -hmm. connected. Tom Lynch. He was in my brother's grade. He's just—he's a grade below me, but he died on his way to school in the morning, crashed into a tree, smashed into a tree, dead on arrival at the hospital. And that was the first time I got messed up. That messed me up. Then he goes into the video saying, 10 days later, his great-grandfather died. Two weeks after that, he totaled his car. 10 days after that, his brother totaled his car. And then after that, a well pump in his yard broke and then flooded the basement. So yeah, these are a bunch of different things that happened. Mm -hmm. But how he's perceiving them, I guess it looks like there's a connection. But I mean, he didn't even know Tom. Yeah. Death triggered him. Yeah. 
There is a thing. Like, when somebody passes away, a lot of people will say, okay, things happen in threes. Mm-hmm. Somebody dies and you got to wait for the next two. Yeah, I, I, I hear that a lot, actually. So... This also reminds me, when I was in high school, I I can't remember what year I was in, at like Valentine's Day, we we always did, um, you know, find your match, somebody, you know what I mean, like with all the people Mm -hmm. who participated, Mm -hmm. my number one match, the week that we got our, like our results or whatever, he killed himself. Oh my God. How old were you? Yeah. I don't, I want to say I was, I was in high school, it was probably either a junior or senior, probably a junior. Yeah. Oh my God, that's terrible. I was like, well... Okay. I mean, it, it was devastating. You that know. is terrible. That yeah. is very, it is horrible. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why. That just reminded me of it when you're like Aww. thinking of certain things and, you know, I'm I, and I'm not superstitious by any means, but, you know, rest in peace. Rest in peace. I, I do think when someone, I hear something bad like death or somebody did, that I know died, I do kind of sit there and say threes. It's going to yeah. happen in threes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You kind of, it's kind of a thing. Like you just expect, okay, something else is coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you have this kind of victim mentality, sure. Yeah. yeah. Anything can trigger it. Like yeah. he's just sitting there going, the woe is me. The world is bad because I don't want a job. Right. Okay, kiddo. When Randy wasn't making videos, he was watching cartoons. He became obsessed with Danny Phantom, which is <laughs> a cartoon on Nickelodeon. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. My kids used to watch it. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. So you're familiar with it. Yeah. Although he started watching this cartoon when he was much younger... In 2010, he started having this concerning connection to one of the characters, Ember McLean. Like, if you look on the poster behind me, those were inspired by Ember McLean, which is a ghost from a TV show called Danny Phantom, which started back in 2003, 2004. You know, I was in late elementary school at that time but this ghost this woman always connected with me but ever since i first saw her something changed and it wasn't like i grew up or anything like that like i realized oh my gosh i'm attracted to girls and all this no it just something changed it was like a spark and it just connected with me it made me feel warm inside and it felt very familiar which was strange it was like i'd seen her before I was shocked because her mm-hmm. backstory is pretty fucked up. Like, Ember has a really morbid backstory. This character was actually mm-hmm. a ghost in the story. It, it, was Danny Phantom a ghost? No, I don't think so. I think he was like a, like a, I want to say it was like a superhero. Or that he could speak to ghosts or clairvoyant in some way. A teenage boy who after an accident with an unpredictable portal be between the human world and the ghost zone becomes a human ghost hybrid and takes on the task of saving his town and the world from subsequent ghost attacks using it on the evolving variety of supernatural okay. powers. I do remember him being like a, like a superhero. Okay. And yeah, I guess the phantom part is like the ghost being, he, he was stuck in purgatory, I guess. <laughs> Ember, she was a ghost that had passed away while she was in high school in a house fire. She had a really bad attitude in the series. She was just like, I hate the world. Everybody's pissing me off. She's a really dark character. Randy mm-hmm. became so obsessed with this tar- cartoon. I, I just saw a picture and I, I recognize. With the green hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He convinced himself that when he died, he would become one of these fictional characters alongside Ember. He even thought about setting himself on 
fire in order to burn like Ember did. Oh. I know. So this is where his creati- creativity comes into play. But it, the where he takes it is not good. Yeah. Randy ended up creating this spinoff series from Danny Phantom with his own characters. Okay. And the primary character was his alter ego, Andrew Blaze. Okay. Now this was played by him. And after this, he started making his own original series. And he called it the Ember Ghost Squad. Mm. Randy was super invested in his new original series. He had merchandise. He hired people for voiceovers. Really? But unfortunately, the creators, the actors, the the animation specialists were taking too long. And a couple of them quit saying that they were Mm -hmm. not comfortable with the theme or the plot. Hmm. Oh, a little too dark. Mm -hmm. And he complained about this on one of his videos. Still have it. I sent the script in March. It's June 2nd. Where's my voiceovers, Laura, that I paid for? Where are they? Better have that voiceover by Monday, Laura. You're dead. Makes you feel like you don't even matter. Remember that when you work with people in the future. I expected to have this months ago. At least say what's going on so I know. Makes you feel like you don't matter. What the ever. The people are worthless sacks of Nobody cares until you're dead. It's the sad truth of life watch all my social medias i can't believe he's dead i'm so sad i loved his videos was, you haven't seen jack on my social media since and after this happens people will be like man i wish i would have talked to them more like always what happened with my fan base as much as i love my fans no one said jack to me until i said something big like oh i'm leaving if nothing major was happening it was like i didn't even exist what the ever I swear to god people could say they cared about me all they one, you didn't show it. But I was subscribed to you for you. Who cares? You never said anything. People say they care. I don't f- care. It's too f- late now. You see, the first part of the original series of Ember's Ghost Squad was called the Westboro High Massacre. This was about a couple of friends, his alter egos, that went around killing their schoolmates. Wow. In his head, there was like a Mm -hmm. time frame that he needed this done and he wanted this done. He wanted to reap the reward of like being popular before he takes it a little bit further because nobody's paying attention to him. Right, right. Randy started to also struggle with his gender. Okay. He created videos showing his arms and his legs saying that oh look i got the body of a woman and like he would go into these rants what it came down to was i felt like i was like transgender or something like i felt like a a woman the whole time which spiritually i'm a woman i'm a female soul but i had to live in a man's body to do what i set out to do that was my soul contract that was what i was meant to do Randy was convinced that he could feel Ember so much that he knew deep down inside that he was meant to be a woman. Okay. He called himself a cross-dresser. He did not call himself transgender, mm-hmm. although I don't think he really understood the difference. And he, okay. and he said in his videos, like, I'm not really too sure about what that means. He was struggling with his identity, and he was also in love with the cartoon ghost. Yeah. He stated in his videos he would go to his mom's closet and dress up with her clothes. And he went into detail. He's like, I would put on her bra and her underwear and and like everything when no one was home. Although in his videos, he would state to his fans that he was extremely homophobic and racist. The rules didn't apply to Randy. Yeah. When you guys would go to your bowling leagues and Jeremy would go with you, I would either film a YouTube video 
you know, back in early high school, you know, 9th, 10th, 11th grade. I would pretty much always film a YouTube video between 9th and 10th grade on every Wednesday when you would go out the door. So I would either film a video or I would cross-dress. One night while his parents were sleeping, he painted his entire body white with latex paint, body paint, mm -hmm. to look like the ghostly ember. And then he dressed in his mother's clothes and just sat in his room for hours, like totally satisfied with his look and just kind of like sitting in his moment. Taking it all in. Taking it all yeah. in. He created a public profile on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram of all the characters that made up the Ember Ghost Squad. So there was Ember, there was Mackenzie, there was Rachel, okay. and then there was Andrew times two. There was Andrew Blaze, and then there was a feminine Andrew Blaze. And he pretended to be all of them. So he would go and post something under Rachel, like, oh my God, today's having, you know, today's a really bad day. And then Mackenzie would reply, like, hang in there, Rachel. Like, He's trying to attract behind the followers. <laughs> like, I can see, like, the purpose, like, trying to attract. Maybe from the outside come looking in how these characters, you know, quote unquote characters interact in real life, even though they're completely made up. Right. I could see that as somebody mm -hmm. would find that interesting to follow that conversation, if that makes sense. I totally agree, because I think that anybody who has written uh, anything like a movie or yeah. a play understands that like they are mm -hmm. having these conversations or a book and you're and you're kind of developing yeah. these characters yeah. and you need a backstory you need a storyline you need the way they react to things everything's got to be separate so I can understand doing this there's nothing wrong with that but he wasn't doing it to create this big body of work. He was doing yeah. it because he was truly in love with one character and yeah. he wanted to create this world around this one character. Not to say that Randy mm -hmm. wasn't talented. I think he was talented. I just think that he, he was extremely immature yeah. and self-centered. He also convinced himself that he had a soul contract. Have you ever heard of a soul contract? Like you give your soul to, like sell your soul to the devil kind of thing? <laughs> Not so much that, but there is something called a soul contract that people like really believe in. Yeah. So the concept of a soul contract, it's associated with like a spiritual or metaphysical belief. Mm -hmm. It suggests that the idea is before we're born, our souls enter into an agreement or a contract with other souls. Oh, okay. Determining like certain aspects of our life journey, lessons and experiences on earth. Mm-hmm. He believes once you're finished with your soul contract, like once you die after you've achieved your life journey and your lessons and your experiences, you have all this together, then you were able to go back up and then would you could be whatever you wanted to mm -hmm. be. So if you wanted to be, you know, like a lamb, you could be a lamb or a bird. You could do okay. whatever you wanted. You just switch that out that soul to. He believed when he came back, he wanted to be the female ghost cartoon character with ember like that was his thing and he wanted to live happily ever after yeah. with ember yeah he recorded many videos about this and also stating that he would not live past his 20s he hmm. had a date for when his soul contract was over oh. it was almost like a, a countdown the whole time people were watching this these videos of him saying this and maybe they thought it was like another skit. Oh, okay. I don't know. Huh. But nobody reported it. And also, I think this is pre-YouTube trigger words. Oh, sure. His parents also got on his case because, once again, he didn't have a job. Randy had no direction in life. He was sitting in his room playing games, no friends. And they didn't realize, like, what was really going on. And they didn't realize the dark path that he was on. Mm -hmm. His father was a manager for a wise supermarket 
And he figured, you know what, uh, Randy, I'm going to get you a job. You're going to come work with me. Mm-hmm. And I think he did this to kind of keep an eye on him sure. as well. Yep, yep. Which I don't blame dad. Yep. Randy would say he hated the job. He hated working with his dad. He resented his parents for pressuring him about his future. Randy just wanted to make his YouTube videos and live with his Ghost Squad world. He didn't care because in his mind, you know, he was going to die soon. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't need to think about his future because he thought, oh, in a month I'm going to be dead. So it doesn't that doesn't matter supermarket for four years i'm about to set the place on fire right now that's my only source of income and i'm not making a lot i wish i could just do this forever i wish i could just interact with viewers do videos but life doesn't allow that was he monetized at any point no okay he never got there and i think that's one of the things that why he was declining so rapidly because it's the one the one thing that he really wanted to be was a youtuber and do all this but mm-hmm. although he had some loyal followers his content didn't really create new followers the way mm-hmm. like mr beast would you know yeah. he constantly change it up yeah randy was looking forward to being in this world with his cartoon character soulmate ember mm-hmm. during the last few months of randy's life his intent were completely vlogged on his channel. He talked about living with depression. He also, which is fucked up, is that he encouraged people that were watching his videos if they felt the way he felt to not talk to his, their families. Keep it from your parents. Don't tell oh. your parents. So it's almost like because he didn't have that connection with his own family, he didn't want gotcha. to be the only person feeling so detached from his family. Yeah. You know, he started to become totally obsessed with the Columbine high school mass shooting. Uh. He got a shirt to match the one that the shooter wore. He joined groups and forums that idolized and worshipped the shooters. In a video, he stated that my parents didn't even recognize the shirt, so I just kept on wearing it. There is a shirt that I believe Eric Harris was wearing. Mm -hmm. It says natural selection. Yeah. He would just go around just wearing this all the time, and he was like hoping that his parents would notice or say mm-hmm. something. But unless you're familiar with the case, you're not going to know that. Yeah. Somebody like us, we would notice that. We would be like, <laughs> why are you wearing that fucking shirt? <laughs> I yeah, see you. Exactly. I, I see you. He was sending out like every type of signal and nobody was stopping or questioning it. And so he just kept on getting worse and worse. And it was almost like he was testing people to see how far he can go before somebody said stop. But nobody said mm-hmm. stop. So he just kept pushing pushing the limit. When Eric Harris had a white t-shirt, black text, natural selection. I bought three of them, yet none of you knew what it meant, which blew my mind. I didn't want to tell you that, so I kept that under wraps. That's a warning sign. Like now you might realize, geez, I, I don't know how I missed it. You might just start having flashbacks in your head of certain things, like certain situations where it's like, wow, that was one of them, or that was a warning sign right there, or... Randy asked his mother to take him to get some weapons, and she did. Oh, Lord. I don't think the mom really thought he was on this path. Not not saying that they were oblivious. I just think that they didn't think that this could happen. Mm-hmm. They just thought they had a really eccentric son that enjoyed social media content and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Pennsylvania, you know, there's hunting and stuff like that. So buying a gun, if you live in Pennsylvania, is not like the craziest thing. His mother bought him two shotguns. He named them Rachel and Mackenzie, Hmm. just like Eric Harris. Mm -hmm. And in a video, he actually thanked Eric. He's like, thank you for the idea. Uh. In his online journal, he started ridiculing his mother's decision to let him have a gun, stating in a video, oh, mother, if you only knew, you just signed my death warrant. Oh. That just happened. 
that just f***ing happened. Oh my goddess. Oh my goddess. I am f armed. I am f armed. I got it. I f got it. Two Mossberg 500 shotguns. And I'm assuming his parents didn't watch his content. No. I would. And not as a helicopter mom. <laughs> but <laughs> I would, like, I troll my kids, like, Instagram all the time. Like, what are you up to? These parents were probably, like, that generation of people that really weren't familiar with all the social media platforms. They were still working. Mm -hmm. They were still doing, you know, they just weren't into what he was into at all. If I don't acknowledge it, it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, okay. true. You know, he would follow up these videos with dating. I have all the pieces now. All I need is eyeliner. I have all the pieces. I'm just waiting on getting some eyeliner. So far, it's been okay. I've gotten the occasion of like, why are you obsessed with this Columbine? But other than that, virtually nothing. I don't think people would actually like think i would actually consider doing something like this and that's why it reminds mm -hmm. me of that video i sent you of uh american mm -hmm. horror story he began sharing videos of him shooting outside in the yard titling it target practice mm -hmm. his mom unknowing what her son was planning actually helped him film that video target practice mm -hmm. in the video randy was wearing the columbine shirt once again he mm -hmm. was trying to see if his mother would notice mm -hmm. he was not subtle at all and he continued to say it bothered him that he wasn't getting questions like it disturbed him like yeah i'm doing everything and you're not noticing you it's almost like you don't notice me at all yeah so he's the the whole like if i can't get positive attention i'll i'll try to get attention negatively like the whole opposite yeah. end mm -hmm. anyway any way i can get attention and it's just not working right yeah in the next video that he posted uh was him flipping a coin now this video is fucking crazy the video is of him in the backyard the camera was facing this huge open area so here's the deal got a 1983 quarter right here you believe in fate here's the fate test I'm going to flip this three times, or the best out of three, rather. And if it's heads, I'll do it here. If it's tails, supermarket. The entire time he was detailing, like, step by step, the first toss landed on tails. Mm -hmm. The second toss landed on heads. And then the final toss landed on tails. Mm. He ended the video looking straight into the camera, saying, there's going to be a loss of human life besides my own. Tails. That... The tails, folks, which means there's going to be a loss of a human life besides my own. Possibly more than one. That's fate for you. Oh, my goodness. People were watching this in real time. Was, it was live? On YouTube. Oh, my. Did they think it was another skit? Come on. Yeah. Hit the report button. Yeah. Well, now I think there is a report button. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the night of June 7th, 2017, Randy, who was 24 years old at the time, he showed up for his night shift at the Wise Supermarket. He went in and he started barricading all the exit doors with wooden pallets so that nobody can get out. There were four other co-workers there that night and they were all stacking shelves. Some had like earbuds in and they were listening to their uh -huh. music, but yeah. no one really noticed Randy was up to anything. They just thought he was working, moving stuff over or whatever. They, mm -hmm. No one mm -hmm. made that connection yeah yeah at 12 10 on june 8th randy sent out links to twitter youtube facebook and other platforms titled files or diaries 
for my plan. And okay. it included videos of him confessing about what he was about to do and why. Randy wanted to be famous and not in a good way. At this point, he wanted to be Columbine High School famous. Yeah. He thought that his video was going to go viral and that he was finally not going to be in- invisible anymore. At 1 a.m., he pulled out his phone and started to record inside the store. And then he stopped, and then that's when he pulled out his two weapons. Now, he brought two just in case one stopped working. Mm -hmm. Looking for his fellow employees, Victoria Brog, 25, Brian Hayes, 27, Terry Lee Sterling, 65, and Kristen Newell, 25. Victoria and Kristen had headphones on and didn't hear them. Victoria and Kristen were in separate aisles, so everybody was scattered around the store, so they Mm -hmm. weren't together. Mm -hmm. In the Mm -hmm. surveillance footage, Randy could be seen walking up to Kristen behind her, staring at the back of her head for about five seconds with his gun, and then walking away to the next aisle where Victoria was. This is where he shot her, and when she hit the ground, he stood over her body and fired multiple times, killing her. Mm. Randy then found Brian, who he shot from like a distance. They said that Brian was like by the cashier register and he was coming down an aisle. So they were like maybe 15 feet away. Mm -hmm. But he shot him once. Brian went down and he went over and finished the job. Okay. At this point, he's now looking for Terry and Terry hearing what was going on. And a little backstory on Terry is that he's the older gentleman. So he's 65. And unfortunately, he lost his wife a month before. Oh, It's just so sad. Terry was actually trying to find a way out of the store and he noticed that everything was barricaded in Mm -hmm. and Brian, Randy caught up with him and shot and killed him as well. Kristen is now aware of what is happening. Mm -hmm. All she can hear are more gunshots. She ran to the door. She moved the pallet. She started slamming herself against the glass door and was able to wedge it open a little bit enough for her to get out. And then she ran into the parking lot, but she was still in like a state of shock. So she wasn't thinking like getting a car. She actually went to a bush in the parking lot and just sat there. She she didn't know what to do. Mm. Randy walked around the store shooting different areas like the shelves and the displays I think just to create as much destruction as he possibly could. Uh-huh. And then he walked over to the deli section, put the gun to his mouth, and then took his own life. He shot 59 bullets. And this is from a shotgun. That's a lot of bullets. A lot of damage right there. Yeah. During the investigation, police had more than enough evidence to paint a very dark picture of his mental health and mm-hmm. all the red flags that were overlooked. Was this recorded or was the only footage on the surveillance camera? The last footage that he took was him walking around the store before he stopped to, to open his bag for the guns. The next footage that is recorded is from the surveillance, surveillance. Photo. Okay. Yeah. This was devastating to the community. People that worked at the store all said, oh my God, I can't picture him doing this. Mm -hmm. He was so nice. He was quiet. He just came into work. He did his job and then he went home. It's so crazy. They say that about all killers. Not my neighbor. There were so many detailed videos about what he was planning and he was planning it for five months. So there were five months worth of videos of him saying straight up to the camera, I'm going to kill and this is how it's going to look. Yeah. The store eventually reopened, so it's open right now, but the community was like, we should shut it down, but then the CEO of the store was like, if we shut it down, he wins, Mm. so we should just really, like, put it to get back together, clean it up, and just move on, so they did. Rest in peace to the three victims, Mm. and Kristen. She got out. I hope you're healing. She got out. Yeah. Well, so he, so it was five months from the time that he flipped the coin to the time it actually happened? 
you know, five months, uh, he started mentioning that he had a soul contract. Uh, okay. And then saying, like, this is the date. This is my date. And it was five months in the future. Okay. He didn't flip the coin till maybe two weeks before. Okay. So uh, on the coin flipping video, it was, this is, the, the coin is going to determine what happens on this date. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's my story about Randy Stare, uh. a.k.a. Andrew Blaze. I don't like it. No, no, I don't like him. I don't, I don't w- like wait until you see him. I don't like it either. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> uh, but then again, do we like any serial killers? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, he would be a mass shooter, a spree killer, but. Yeah. God, uh. I don't even know what to say. I mean, we know, like we've had obviously some experiences with social media. It can get, it can, if you don't have a plan or if you don't have yeah. like a somebody like a, a sanity check kind of thing i can see how it can just like suck you in suck you in but it's not i don't know it's just it's deep it's dark and a lot of the people that we've talked about have had that like the samantha walford and the yeah who was the other one that we did um that she killed her two babies oh god that was Alyssa. Alyssa. yeah Alyssa. how's her last name Alyssa something i know exactly you're talking about her ex-husband contacted yeah. us yeah so, well, because we're going to leave you hanging chatters, for more information on this case, please check out After That Crime Chat, only available on Patreon. And don't forget to follow us on all of our socials. <laughs> crime Chat with Nat and Cat, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. See what we got coming up. Remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, when you become a VIP chatter to our Patreon, you'll have access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes, bloopers, and free merch. Check out some merch in the works for season three. And yes, uh, our next episode is going to be featuring quite the mystery. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be good. Yes. We'll see you next time, chatters. Bye. Bye.